You're listening to the Around Comics Book Club on Strangers in Paradise of Volume 1, brought to you by InStockTrades.com. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week our revolving panel guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 40... (laughs) 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. Four years. I still can't get that right. Um, Hello, everyone. Uh, Christopher Neesman here. This is a a different type of episode for Around Comics. This is our uh, semi-monthly book club. And uh, this... this, uh, It's our fifth week event. Yes, the fifth fifth week week event, event, exactly. And uh, uh, this this week, we're going over Strangers in Paradise, which was Tom's pick for uh, for his his book book club selection. And if if you hear the commotion in, uh, in the background, here it is Tom's last uh, live recording here at uh, at Dark Tower for Around Comics before yeah. he takes off for Worcester. So it is uh, a night of, of of much revelry and it's pronounced uh, Worcester. 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 I can't do that. Worcester. 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 I, dude, I'm from Southern Illinois. Worcester. I'm lucky I can say Chicago. You, you call a place spelled like Ky- uh, Cairo, Cairo. Yes. So, <laughs> hey. I think you know a little well, bit that's about a, that's it. How it's, that's how it's yeah. spelled. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, let's jump in here. Uh, first of all, uh, Strangers in Paradise, uh, Volume 1 is the book that we're talking about. The pocket book. It was, uh, the yes, pocket the pocket book. book. And uh, uh, InStockTrades.com was kind enough to uh, sponsor this book club like they do all of our book clubs. And uh, you can still get this uh, through this this week, this comes out on Thursday, Friday. Um, if you have not read this and we pique your your uh, interest in it, you can head over to InStockTrades.com and pick this up for uh, 47% off the cover price, which makes it cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah, Good yeah. stuff. Cheap. Mm-hmm. We love those folks at InStock Trades. All right, well, we Tom, um, this was this was your selection, so we'll let oh, yeah. you um, kind of uh, uh, start things off here. Um, I will um, I will say before we get started in the in the conversation, I I did enjoy it did greatly. You? Yes, I did. You hadn't read it previously before this. I, I had started. It, it's one of those. It's kind of like um, uh, how I was with Love and Rockets and blankets and box office poison all these great indie you know yeah. tent poles for indie comics uh, I had started to read it but uh, but it never had never really hung in with it I'd gotten I think through the first mini series which we'll, we'll we'll talk about but um, let people know what the first pocket book of strangers in paradise is about well okay so the thing to keep in mind is that all the art everything all the writing and all the art is done by uh, Terry Moore mm-hmm. he does it all uh, Writes art, it's his complete vision of it. It ran for a number of years as a beginning and a finite end, where it ended uh, several years ago was the last issue. The pocket book, I believe, collects the first mini series, and then which is uh, three issues, and then the uh, continuing series issues one through thirteen. 
uh, in a smaller sort of digest size mm-hmm. uh, style book. Personally, I don't think it loses a whole lot. Uh, you, you, can, you can tell whenever you're reading it that there's a, a tiny bit of a, a recap for, for the time in between the first mini yeah. and, and then when the regular series started, which this is actually volume one and volume two of the series. Yes. Before the volume three yeah. starts, which would go into its entirety to yeah. like what? Uh, nine, yeah. nine, I think 90 or something like that. Some numbers. So this is actually the first range. two volumes of, yes. of Strangers in Paradise are contained in this. Uh, it's kind of, it, it sort of defies scripture uh, description a little bit. Because it defies scripture? Defies scripture. Defines uh, description because you could say it's kind of a slice of life comic, but not really because there's elements of it that are pretty fantastical. Sure. Not fantastical, but um, not real as you would see in like a uh, like a kind of movie like you know yeah. kind of crazy out there Catchu is a larger than life character exactly. and and you see she does things that well you're not going to get away with yeah. in real life there's yeah. a uh, it's basically follows the story of Francine and Catchu who are uh, two friends from high school who are now grown up uh, they live in the Houston area and it sort of follows their strange relationship between the two of them that's uh, there's a sexual charge to it, but it's not like they're lesbians. It's not out, outwardly. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of what the book, I think, is about a lot of times is um, sort of going outside the definitions of, you know, like gay or lesbian or just people attracted to each other, people fall in love with each other, sort of regardless of all the sort of it, it, other things. That they, it's a book about people making connections with each other um, regardless of of you know male female it's, yeah. it's about people having true uh true feelings of affection and and love for each other that that crosses those it, those boundaries it, it, it starts off very much slice of life with a uh, francine is uh dating a guy named freddie femur who uh <laughs> you know wants to have sex with her and she won't give in and he breaks up with her and the first miniseries the first three issues it is pretty slice of life-esque in the sense that it's just deals with that relationship and catch you, you know. As Francine's best friend, trying Francine, to yeah. n- not just comfort her, but make him pay. Make him, yeah, <laughs> definitely pay for the problems. Uh, the best way, I think, to think about the art is it sort of, for people that are more superhero fanish, it's kind of like Kevin Maguire esque yeah. in a lot of the facial features. It's very expressive. And, and very yeah. expressive. There's a lot of acting in the characters. And uh, Terry Moore does a really great job of drawing people that look like people yes like uh and making attract people them look attractive without it being the comic booky attractiveness and and it, and it goes it goes to this several times in this first in this first pocket book that francine is a little chunky yeah. but you know what she's still um she still has this aura that attracts people to her, yeah. and it's. Um, I, I really, um, I really like the way that Terry Moore did that. It's like you don't have to have this perfect hourglass, you know, very com- you know, idealized comic book yeah. figure and, and physique to to be attractive, and and they they address that. Uh, I mean, the closest you get to that in here is a uh, ma- uh, mafia enforcer who's a woman. <laughs> it's the closest you get to the comic book sort yeah, of idea yeah. of what the power girl. Type, yeah, physique. exactly. Yeah. It's the only time you really get close to that uh, sort of thing. And, and like I just mentioned, eventually there's mafia undertones mixed in. You find out that Kachu was a prostitute, mm-hmm. and she, um, no, not a prostitute, she was a high end escort. escort, yeah, who exactly who uh, was 
uh, who was involved in the stealing of some money from a very rich mafia-involved uh, Which adds, uh, add, it adds, I mean, it, whenever you talk about this not being a true slice of life comic, it adds a, a real action, intrigue yeah. facet to, to the book. And, uh, well, David gets gets tied up in that, and he's really kind of the, the third main character in yeah. the series, and he gets introduced like fairly a, early. A young artist who's in the area who sort of gets stuck in a love triangle with Francine and... Uh, and catch you, and you see that he has a relationship that you don't find out until towards the end. Yeah. That he's way more involved in it than you, than you would think it is. But uh, uh, in between all of this stuff, there's stuff about sort of uh, uh, AIDS and and art and all the sort of different touchstones of when like it was modern written. culture. Yeah. When, when was this written? Oh, I can't when, remember. Nineties, mostly. It's really early nineties yeah. is when it or. Uh, beginning of the of the decade and um that was obviously a much uh, a much bigger in in you know forward conscience yeah. of of society was aids as we were just kind of starting to figure out what this was all about and, 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 the, and it touches on that and in the form of telling the story they spend a uh, significant amount of time doing things just outside of sequential storytelling they'll just they'll be um like uh, a couple pages of text that are written like a hard-boiled, yeah, uh, a I, hard-boiled crime novel, and then what, which be, were which were good. But yeah. you can say, okay, this is definitely Terry Moore um, scratching that prose itch that he yeah. wanted to write some prose. And hey, it's a it's a independent creator own book, so why not? If, yeah. if, if you need to tell that much story in three pages, you can. Those were like full issues, yeah, of of, of happenings of information there, but told in a very uh, different style, like a very stylized. Like almost like you're reading a crime novel mixed in with a. Uh, does, comic does he book. does he go back to doing that at any point in the rest of the series, or was that? I, I think so. I've read the first couple of pocket books. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. I, I this has been the first time I'd read this in a couple years. Uh, like yeah. a couple years. So I'm trying to remember. I'll he does. Uh, go, he goes back to that sort of yeah. thing. Because uh, I know uh, Ron Richard says yeah. this is one of his all-time favorite books. Yeah. So we'll have to ask Ron. I mean, there's stuff like music. There's written music. There's uh, poetry mixed in. Uh, it all sort of mixed into the story, and it alludes to different themes that go on in the story. So it, it has different layers, almost like um, like a V for Vendetta, where they had you know a song sort of going through everything in it. It reminded me very much of V for Vendetta in that sense. Well, what I what I like about this and, and some of the other books I, I mentioned earlier that uh, are these kind of like long form creator own books he gets to tell the story at his own pace and play around with some different conventions and uh you you never felt like anything was ever forced to get to a conclusion before he was ready to he told his story and characters sort of pop in and out and there's some very extremely light moments um and some really sad and some really sad moments all um within the the spectrum of it which i think is one of the cool things about a creator owned book like this is that i think you get the, a wider spectrum of emotion between it uh, you know 
between the very saddest moments and the very funniest moments. It does. It doesn't stay in, in one depth of the pool. It, yeah. It, it definitely floats around to the crazy, funny things from yeah. what ca- usually catch you. Yeah. Doing doing uh, these absurdly insane things, and then and then some some really sad. Well, actually, the, probably the saddest, easily the saddest moment in the book involved Cat Chu. Yeah. With, uh, exactly. Death of her friend. So. Uh, and there, <laughs> it, it's funny because. If you read just the first three, I think you'd have a very different idea of what the whole thing would be like. Like it takes a little bit for the more mafia-esque portions of it. It takes till you get to the what was volume two before you really start. I mean, stuff that happens in the first three is definitely referenced in the uh, volume two portion of it, and it, it all sort of ties together like that. It's a very I, mysterious I don't, portion I, I don't know. I don't know if that was the original intention. No, or if it just was like, let's, you know, be, hey, he keep be, going yeah. with this story and yeah. let's just keep going with these characters. But it's also, it's cool in the sense that... Um, you don't know everything about the characters either, and you can get through the first volume and you still feel like there's more stuff to find out about them. You don't know every single thing that they're. You know, you feel like you know them, but you also feel like there's other things that are going to happen, and there's other stuff that I want to know about. Just like Catchu, whenever we find out that that she had been an escort, been a been a, a prostitute, you know, that was a big revelation. But you know, we even get to look into Francine's past a little yeah. bit, and uh, the reason that she didn't sleep with Freddie is well, she had had she had gone through a string of bad relationships, some very sexually active. Yeah. relationships and whenever she got to that point in the relationship it usually ended badly yeah. and so you know so we so we find out that about her later on and that and that Kachu's not the only one who has had you know a bumpy sexual history yeah, yeah. exactly so and the way that's done too is really cool in the sense that you wouldn't you don't know that at all until a certain point then all of a sudden it everything starts to make uh, starts to make more sense, and I have to, you have to love a character named Freddie Femer. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. fantastical, mm-hmm. uh, there's fantastical right there. Though I do kind of feel like Freddie Femer is maybe the one portion of it that could feel weirdly dated. Like his, well, he felt weirdly really dated. dated. Yeah. yeah, I think I, that I think works. It's intentional. I, yeah. I think it's intentional. But I, it, he was like an '80s hangover. Yeah, yeah. In, in a book that he seemed sort of weirdly out of place in it. Now, it probably was intentional to make the, him this that is the guy like, that 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 kept dressing like Don Johnson from Miami Vice probably a couple of years later than he should have. Exactly. He's yeah. going to marry an aerobics instructor. You know, it's like in, inside this other story that's very modern and sort of timeless, there's this very like 80s-ish portion, this sort of like tawdry, like sort of cheesy uh, element that's mixed in just with everything else that's going on. And, and it works for a lot of good comic, uh, very good comic relief. Well, you know, I, I told you I had started reading this uh, a couple years ago, and, and it didn't grab me. And, and that, that just happens with comics sometimes. You yeah. know, it's, you're not in the right you know, frame of mind to read it or, or digest it. This time around, I got into it, and, and really it, it turned into a book that I, I didn't want to put down. You, yeah. you, get, you get past that, like, fifth issue hump, you know, after the first yeah. miniseries, and then you get into the regular, you know, volume two of the series, and now you want to know what happens each, yeah, you each issue. Yeah, you want to know more and more. And yeah. 
he leaves hints to her. Even when things get lighter towards the end, there's a the hint that something bad's going to happen again. You know, even as it starts to become more of like a slapstick, like let's go to Hawaii to break up this wedding. You know, type, uh, <laughs> which was a hilarious scene. Yeah, you know, it was an entirely all of a sudden it becomes very light, but in the uh-huh. background there's very much the menace of, the, of something bad happening. If again. I if I had if I had planned to uh, marry Marta in in Hawaii and we had come up with some ridiculous uh, marriage ceremony Nude under a waterfall that, that is that is how it would have turned out for us it's it like it would have been a cold waterfall would have been freezing to death and and yeah not that Marta would ever get married naked with me under, under, a, under a, water a waterfall no one wants to see <laughs> no. you getting married naked under a waterfall That's oh Tom the, I'm hurt no I, I'm just telling you nobody, just telling nobody you needs truth, to man. see that much body nobody hair nobody needs to see yeah it'd be the <laughs> Some sort of Hawaiian bear got uh, fell into the, fell into the pool. <laughs> Have to get animal control to get involved. Get involved Stat. With this. Yes, Stat. immediately. <laughs> but yeah, so so you have you have great moments like that, and it's. Um, we're talking about this in a, in a very non-linear way. Uh, there are these, and, and a lot of that is because there are these great moments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like whenever you talk about a, a really funny movie. Uh, it's a, I just watched The Hangover uh, yeah. last night, and I was talking about that at work. And you can kind of talk about these the same way. It's like, oh, and this happened, and I remember this. Yeah. And so there are these great moments that the book is is cut into, but in a very linear way, you you begin to to. To get to know these characters and actually care about them. Oh, and, yeah. You know, Kachu is an incre- incredibly uh, sympathetic character, uh, but she's she's just so over the top in what she does that you want to strangle her sometimes, but you really do fall in love with her because of, of what a good heart she has, even though she's she's much more in the real world than, than Francine is. Francine has a much more romanticized view of, of, of life and the world, yeah. I think. Think. Yeah, and Ketchu's just a little bit more damaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that she uh, very much feels like she needs to be there to protect Francine. Yeah, you get that sense that, well, especially with the whole relationship with Freddie, yeah. that she, you know, she desperately wants to keep Freddie away from Francine because you know she's just trying oh, to protect her, yeah, protect her friend uh, because she's had, you know, the problems Francine's had probably don't really compare to the problems that Ketchu's had in her. No, so, yeah, no. in her, you know, in her, in her history. And just the, in flipping through the book, I also want to mention that uh, Terry Moore draws a crying woman in pretty well. He draws I- anything with emotion, and this was an, a really emotional book. I mean, it's all built on, I mean, because there are no superheroes. There yeah. are no, you know, you, you have the... Uh, the the crime you know mafia story, but this this book is all about the emotional states of these people from you know being uh, overjoyed to distressed to you know, it, everything it goes across the spectrum and he captures every one of those emotions. It's it, amazing. And he pulls all the soap opera tricks of just when you oh, think yeah. uh, Francine and Kitchu are going to be like we're you know we're in love with each other we're a couple mm. something happens that here comes David yeah here comes David yeah. Here, <laughs> To something to not let that happen, mm-hmm. so that tension's always sort of present. I mean, and you, you kind of root for David, but at that point, you're rooting for Francine and, and Kachu to be happy with each other, and yeah. and so it, it kind of catches you as the reader. It's like, oh, you know, I I, I don't know what. Sh- 
which way I want yeah, this to go. Yeah, there's not like the know? evil boyfriend. There, in no, that he's love a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, there's not the evil one in the uh, three uh, in the triangle where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I hope that person loses. I hope that person loses out. And it's an actual triangle. And yes. Like <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Very true. Very true. It's, it could go any way. Any combo of the two is a possibility. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we'll see later if I. I don't know if, uh, if Francine and David ever have feelings for each other. Um, so, I'm not going to tell you. I, I could easily see that happening. Yeah, well, could. you could see a little bit that uh, Francine was starting to worry that she was falling in love with, uh, with, with David. David. Yeah, yeah, she did. She had that, that whole dream, dream sequence. Because yeah. so, Cachu was treating him like dirt, and I think that she felt very sorry for him. And maybe even felt a little bit like Cachu does about Francine, that she needed to kind of protect David you know, from, uh, from Cachu her, breaking his heart. From her mad friend. Yeah, yeah. Evil, she, evil. Absolutely crazy. Well, um, do we have anything anything else to say about Strangers in Paradise here? I think we're all good. Go read it, I guess, is is the, the recommendation. Yeah. I enjoyed I it. I enjoyed it's it cheap. mightily. Are you gonna yeah. keep are you gonna keep going? Yes, I am. Um I don't know if I'm gonna jump right back I guess I could jump right back in. Yeah. Um yeah, heck I might as well. I'll I'll pick up I'll pick up the, the volume two pocketbook and uh, mix that in. You know, I, I just took on the uh, the Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh jeez. Which is I, I've got twenty six volumes of that to go. So You're I'll have gonna to be occupied for a long time. Well, you know, reading you know reading uh, uh, love stories and, and uh, uh, stories about people being, you know, cut in half with, with Japanese swords. Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> I'm gonna you gotta, need, you gotta, you gotta be, balance things out. You gotta balance it all out. You don't want everything to be about getting chopped in half by a samurai sword. Well, I tell you what. Um, probably most of it. You probably want most of it to be. But not all Not all of it. No one wants everything to be about getting chopped in half. Well, let me see here. Um, you want to announce the, uh, the the next book club? You announce it. It's um, your pick. Let right? me, let me get, it's in my bag. Here, you keep talking. Say something about oh, it. Oh, okay. Hi, everyone. There's a lot of people in the store. It's sort of distracting, actually. All right. Okay. There it is. Okay. Um, this uh, this will be as we announced on Monday. This will be our last book club selection. Yes. And uh, I'm being very selfish about this one. Yes. I'm uh, I'm dipping into my childhood nostalgia, and uh, this is a book that. I absolutely fell in love with when I was growing up. Uh, I was uh, thinking about it, Archie. Archie, <laughs> but we, we've talked uh, we've talked on the show uh, a lot about stuff like uh, Chaikin's American Flag, which influenced Sal so much, and the Badger. And uh, you, you look at at a bunch of the the really awesome Nexus, all, all the great independent titles that were coming out in the in the mid and late '80s. I Loved Alien Legion. All right, so, you, you've been so talking about this a lot, my friend. It is now. My fear about this is whenever you whenever you suggest something to folks that that you hold in such high regard from your childhood, yeah. you you kind of fear that it's not going to hold up. I've I've been going back and, and rereading this. Now, still, I've got rose colored glasses because I remember it so fondly. Yeah. But I think it actually holds up really well and is uh, it's pretty apparent that this has been pretty influential for a lot of the the cosmic type stories that we read today guardians of the galaxy uh obviously um um, if if you're a fear agent fan i think that you'll you'll dig this any sort of uh um, i think there's even like green lantern core um vibe 
that, that you will get from All this. Right. So, so our, our book club uh, selection is the Alien Legion Omnibus, Volume 1. It's from Dark Horse. What's it retail for? Uh, $24.95. $24.95, but there'll be a discount on this at InStockTrades.com. So uh, so go in and check that out. They usually do a 47% off the cover price. So you'll be looking at getting it for, uh, what is that, about 13 13 14 bucks. I don't know, Chris. I don't have a spread. I only do don't math have through spreadsheets. <laughs> I, I can't do math in my head. Um, it's uh, uh, one of my favorite series of all time. It had been collected for a while through Checker, and then uh, Dark Horse got the uh, got the rights to reprint it, and they've done a wonderful job uh, with the with the uh, the repackaging of it. The Checker collections, I, I didn't really like the coloring of the reproduction. It these who, uh, are really who really nice. Published it was it? Epic? It was epic. epic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, it was one of the one of the longest running uh, series at Epic. So and. Uh, yeah, it's the, there was the original series, and they relaunched it, and then there was a bunch of uh, of minis. Uh, uh, Ostrander uh, was it? no, not Ostrander. Um, Carl Potts. Carl uh, okay. Potts. This is um, really what what I what I think of whenever I think of Carl Potts. Chuck Dixon wrote a bunch of Alien Legion. So our first uh, our first uh, volume here is fantastic. And that is a uh, is a parting gift for you, Tom. Oh, wait, thank you. So there you go. I so, see some Larry Stroman in here. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great, great fun stuff. And uh, uh, maybe you can uh, read that on the on the flight to, uh, to Worcester. Well, we'll be driving. So oh, okay. I'll read it when I get there. Okay. And I don't have shit to do in Worcester. There you go. I have a lot of time to read old comics. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We'll have to do this one over the Skype. Yeah, we will. So, so we'll be back. I'll have uh, an accent. Alien, Alien Legion. A bunch of spaceships. I'm trying to think of a wall, fighting a space wall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll be back in about a month, six weeks yeah. or so. Just let me know whenever you're Fifth done. Fifth week reading. event. Fifth week event. Fifth, so. Fifth week event. Um, thank you so much for uh, uh, for listening. Hope you enjoyed Strangers in Paradise. Uh, if you haven't read it, definitely high recommendation. Go out, pick it up, and then grab Alien Legion uh, Omnib- Omnibus, volume, Omnibus. Omnibus Volume 1. You can get that at InStockTrades.com. And... Uh, uh, we'll be back again on Monday with Tom's last live, uh, live yeah. show here in Chicago. It's the last time I'll be alive. It's the last time I'll be live. Yeah. That's it. To hear. I mean, it's always been recorded for you, the listener. You've never heard me live. You don't know what you've missed. It's all been edited out. Actually, I think, stuff. and it looks like we're going on a high note. I think this is the most people we've ever had in this. You are loved. You are much loved, Tom. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's lots of people here. Yeah, and two girls. Two, yeah, most ever showed up right here with me. <laughs> two, even. Two. <laughs> all right, folks, uh, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your week. Weekend. We'll be back on Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime. In between time. We'll be everywhere in and around. around Alien Legion. Yeah, baby. What can't if I wait. just get on? I'm just like, this book sucked. You'll Chris. break my heart I, I and can't. I'll hang up. Even if I hated it, I don't think I could tell you. You'll break I my heart. I, I won't hate it. <laughs>